started. Okay, so I have to be really honest. I don't like that we don't have like a real intro and we don't have to do it now, but I think we should consider doing some type of formal intro so that we don't look crazy. You know, I part of me just feels like when people want to tune into a podcast, they just want to tune into a conversation and they just want it to start. And when there's an intro for me, I just skip. I'm just like, okay, can we get past it? Like Joe Rogan, for example, he has like that little music thing that happens. But as soon as it ends, like it's you're you're falling into a conversation. Yeah, and, that's fine. That's fine with me. Yeah. Like something, something, something that's just, I mean, it doesn't have to be anything great or special. Just something that doesn't go from, hey, let's do this. And then we just start talking. <laughs> but whatever. I mean, that's my own thing. Maybe our listeners which, oh my gosh, we have podcast listeners now. We're not just recording this for ourselves anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, yeah, I've had a lot of feedback from people. It's pretty cool. I've noticed the guys are really in tune, like listening to you. They're trying to like, it's very interesting to them because they don't really get that female perspective on what we're thinking um, and yeah, they're just, they're super tuned in when you're talking. I think when I talk, they're just like zoned out because they hear my opinions all the fucking time. They're like, okay, we get it, Cal move on. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. It, um, that actually surprises me because I was trying to play a moderator with you. Like, I was like, oh, well you have all the, the knowledge. You're the dating coach. I'm new to this. I'll just give my perspective every now and then. So that's cool I'm to hear that I have something to say. I would never do this podcast with you if your only skill was as a moderator. The reason I did this podcast with you is one, your model work is on point and the feedback that you give is always like deeper than deep. Like it's deeper than what I can see. Uh, and then you and I, when I, when I was staying in LA, we would talk six hours straight and we would want to talk more, but it's like 3am and I had to wake up in the morning. But yeah, I mean, no, you're amazing. Oh, thank you. I think you're amazing too, which is why I was like, we got to do something. I, we didn't know what it was. I remember like we were trying to figure out, like we got to figure out how to bring our conversations to the world. And then you had the idea of the podcast and here we are. So that's how it was born. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, how's your, you've been, you've been not so well lately. I've had the toughest couple of weeks I've had in like um, the last few years. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I got <clears throat> I got sick, and I had to up my dose of prednisone, and I'm immune. I'm immune compromised, so um, yeah. Whenever I get sick, like any kind of sick, I start to get like heart flares and stuff like that, and I have to up my dose of prednisone. But then when I up my dose or go down in my dose, I start to have mood swings. I start to disassociate. I start to become irrational and like very irritable. And yeah, like I, I, um, I had like a, like on Friday I was having uh suicidal thoughts and I was outside of my body. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And I had to call my friend to come over and, and actually take, like watch me and just take care of me wow. while I was there. Cause I, I didn't, recognize myself and all the thoughts that were coming up. Um, 
and honestly the only thing that kept me from doing anything crazy i think is my cat <laughs> i'm so i'm so grateful that my cat gave me that split second to to think and and message my friend and and it was so hard to send that message because i i think i think uh i, I think everybody um but men very much so when we get depressed we isolate like crazy and um for me what i noticed is that when i was having my mood swings i was saying such crazy stuff uh that i was like alienating myself like i was i said some things to my sister some things to my to my family that i wasn't proud of um and then i had to see them the next day for my mother's birthday and i i was like crying i was like i kept myself in a room it was just it was very intense but the last like three or four days my my health has gone better um my mindset is a bit healthier i'm I'm not having as many disassociations but i'll i'll i will find myself like have a random panic attack like so out of the blue I, i'm very curious because you you said you made a statement like you were out of your body so do you feel like when especially when you start to get ill and you can't be as physical that that triggers um a lot of the disassociation that you have with your body in suicidal thoughts and things like that I mean, there's so many layers to it. Um, so the prednisone is essentially cortisol and cortisol is like your stress hormone. And without it, you can't process like your stress, like you can't deal with it properly. So I'm very reactive and I read into situations, um, and I catastrophize things. Um, but I'm usually not like that. Even, even if I stop exercising or anything like that like I, I do get depressed and sad um but i don't get disassociative thoughts the way i don't know if you've had any night terrors or nightmares but like uh-huh. i used to i used to have night terrors and i used to sleepwalk when i was a kid and uh my parents would wake me up and don't do that but my parents would like wake me up mid sleepwalk and um i it took me like five minutes for my brain to to know what was going on. It was almost like you're turning on your iPhone and you're on the the loading screen. It's not on yet, right? And my brain is buffering. So I would be screaming and running around and doing random shit. And um I would and then I would realize who I was and what the situation was. And I would have this moment of embarrassment and uh and then I would calm down. That's what's been happening to me too. Like I I I'm watching TV. I'm watching the office. I'm calm. I'm having a, a good day. Mm-hmm. Right. And boom, like just like a moment, shh, everything changes. And wow. I don't know who I am. I I'm convinced someone's going to come and kill me. And I'm just like running around my house trying to save myself. I'm just like grabbing random objects, trying to figure out what's going on. And then in those moments, I might reach out to people or, or say some crazy things. Uh, and, and then I get embarrassed. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, my, my family's very understanding. My dad has saw, I've seen, has seen this happen. Um, and he was super confused, but like this time around, I was like, remember that one time when I was like going crazy and he's like, yeah, I was like, that's what's happening right now. Um, mm. so yeah, it's, it's not fun. Um, yeah. but I'm, you, I'm happy. I'm glad I have like support. Yeah. So with, um, 
the members of your family and anyone who's close to you who gets to witness these things, do you feel like there's a certain amount of like guilt that comes with um, when you have your episodes, um, especially because you're not you're not connected. You you're not there. It's not yeah. the you you. I don't know. I don't know about guilt, but it's just like, I can tell that my life is moving forward and that my sister's life is moving forward. Um, and I, when I was at uh, my, my mom's birthday, uh, my sister had her family over and I just, it, there was a moment that clicked for me that like, that's her family. And I know it's my family too, but it's, her family, that's her mother-in-law that like, she's close to these people. And um, I just felt so disconnected from everybody. Um, And it just like, I need to learn how to take care of myself. Like I, like I live alone. I need to figure out like, what do I do in these moments? Cause I can't expect my sister to drop everything. And and, and I think she would, it's not that she wouldn't. Um, And I, and my parents would, my, everyone would, it just, I can't expect them to, because um, that's not sufficient for me long-term, mm-hmm. right? Like, I don't know um, how long my parents are going to be here. I don't know if I'm going to be living near my sister uh, my whole life. And, you know, she has a family, she has um, her own responsibilities. So it's, and I do, I definitely have like dealt with burden syndrome. <laughs> um, I don't even know if that's a real term. My therapist just gave it to me. Um but I, I feel like I'm I'm dealing with it better. The the problem is that when I'm in those mindset, my mind states like those those um when I'm going crazy, like I sabotage. So it's like the the me keeping people away is so that I don't destroy the relationship. Right. Because it's almost like I, I will say crazy things just to test you, you know? And mm-hmm. yeah, it's so it's so weird because it's so not like me and, and like my normal setting. And, um, you know, it's, it's hard to tell someone, yeah, I'm acting like this because of my medication, you know? Right. And it's like, you can like, yeah, you have mental health issues or you have like immune system, whatever immune compromised, but you can't blame being an asshole on your medication all the time. Right. And when right. it's, when it seems consistent to people, it's, it's, um, it becomes yeah, it your sucks. personality and people start to associate you with that behavior. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And, um, uh, yeah. so I was going to, um, point out something because you, you, you were speaking about your sister and her family and there were a couple of videos that you've sent me, um, of, of like weeks and weeks ago, but, they were talking about men and their lack of intimacy and how disconnected they are from the community. And there's a show on HBO called White Lotus. And they had an episode recently called The Bully Elephants. And um, there are these two guys in there. They went to college together and they're like, both of them are very wealthy, but one of them built like a tech company and became uber wealthy. So he's got more dominance now. 
Um, but he was kind of the mousy, geeky one in college, so he didn't get as many girls or whatnot. And he's married to now a very hot, hot smart lawyer uh, who's played by Aubrey Plaza. I highly recommend oh. this show. You got to see it. It's amazing. You, you it's- stole it. And once you said Aubrey Plaza, you know, <laughs> I'm in love with her. Yeah, she's <laughs> she's phenomenal. Uh, but anyways, um, Aubrey Plaza's character and the wife of the other guy are off on their own little ex- excursion. And the other guy's wife starts talking about how um, these the, there are these elephants and they're very sacred amongst each other. And they have this beautiful community and they're like playing in the in the water together and she goes, you know, everybody's there except for the adult males. The adult males are the only ones who are not allowed there. Everybody, you know, baby boys, girls, moms, grandmas, they're all there. But because the males get so much testosterone and start competing and start, you know, trying to mess with the girl elephants, they have to, they, they get isolated and they have to go out and find their own new tribe to join and to lead. Um, and it felt very uh, parallel to how men are treated in society in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've seen a, a variety of different things. My brother is uh, the only boy of five. He's right in the middle, smack dab, sandwiched between two sisters. And um, he does really well with women. He's never had an issue like talking to women or being around women. He doesn't, you know, he's got a gorgeous girlfriend in Hawaii and stuff and Mm -hmm. they live like a nice life. Um, But he's always like always part of my community. Like, Mm -hmm. like your sister, I would drop anything to doing whatever I needed to like keep him. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, I know that there's like levels of intimacy that are missing from the human male you know like we you guys just don't get to walk in and shed the way that we do Mm -hmm. you know like I know that I could call you and be like hey I'm having this issue I'm going through this right now and then you would give me your ear for at least five minutes like you would like accept me or or any random person like for forget you like mm-hmm. I know you but like if I went out in public and did that I know I could receive that intimacy whereas you would have to work for it a lot harder yeah it's yeah it's very true um I always I think about how like if a girl's depressed um yeah it doesn't hinder how attractive she is to everyone else but a guy being depressed depletes his value or his input, how much he can give. Um, and that is very unattractive. Like if I, if I go to a club and I'm depressed, I'm not going to get much done. <laughs> well, you know, and I don't want to say it's to that extreme. Cause there's, there's definitely been times where I've connected with men and they weren't in their best of moods. Um, but they they had to be willing to be at a level of vulnerability and have a certain level of confidence with it at the same time and those two things don't always go hand in hand for men like being vulnerable and confident um with what you're feeling is i think once you 
once you process what you're feeling, maybe then you might gain a little bit of confidence uh, to hold it and take maybe responsibility for it. But, you know, a lot of times when something hits you, it's hard to not have a pity party. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'll find myself in this, in this victim mode for a moment. Um, and that moment might last a day, might last a week. And in those moments, I definitely won't be able to attract anybody. Um, and, and, you know, like, it's not like I haven't been to a party where I, I cried. I like when I was drinking a lot, when I was younger, I, I would cry a lot of, <laughs> a lot of these events. And, you know, my, my girlfriends, like my friends would actually like come and take care of me, but it's not like, they're turned on or they're like, um, you know, gonna take care of me more than they need to. It's kind of like, okay, let's get this over with. Um, I wouldn't say that. Like I've taken care of people and I've been very happy to, to like, I, I, I have felt useful. It's not a, let's get this over with. It's a, um, it, I would say like if, if a person, if I feel like somebody's taking advantage that's when I feel like let's get this over with kind of thing. But if somebody is truly hurting and in need, I'm happy to be there for them. And I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of women are that way. Women are nurturing, but it's just whatever makes you feel taking care of us. It doesn't feel good to us. Mm-hmm. Like, um, like we can, like I, we can feel how much energy we're putting out into the world. And in those moments, I, 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 I think my burden syndrome comes, <laughs> comes out. It's like, yeah, like th- there's nothing one for me there. Like it doesn't feel like, and maybe, yeah, maybe we got intimate. Maybe you learned a little bit about me, but a lot of times I don't want people to know that much about me or those parts of me, especially at a party. <laughs> well, yeah, if you're at a party um, and you've been in some long-term relationships, do you feel like, you were able to have your vulnerability supported in those relationships? Hmm. Sometimes I, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say all the time, but I would say definitely sometimes. Um, like my, my first relationship, I found that I was supported when I really wasn't doing well. But when I was doing well, I wasn't supported. Like mm. that's the, that's the funny thing. Um, so crabs in a barrel mentality. Yeah. Okay. And then my other relationship, it was the opposite. So if I wasn't doing well, I didn't get much support. And then if I was doing well, I was getting a lot of support. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't. I, I mean, haven't it, really thought about it too much. It's a uh... That there's something to be said about that. Like when, when people, uh, women especially feel the need to support you, some will feel like, oh yeah, you're doing well. Let me praise you. And then others are really thrive when you're down and they're like, oh, I, great. I get to, I call those rescuers, the rescue ones. Um, those women tend to be, um, attracted to careers like, um, teachers and caretakers, nurses, Um, (laughs) they like to serve the underprivileged, um, nuns, Mm -hmm. charity work, that type of stuff. And then you have like the cheerleaders, the (laughs) rah, rah, go, uh, do, do your best. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously I think it's important that, um, you gotta be there for people both times. I think 
usually one situation will make you uncomfortable or not. I th- I just think it depends on where you came from in the world. Um, for me personally, I try to 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 do both because let me tell you, there is nothing more hurtful than accomplishing something that is really important to you and you feel like there's nobody to support you there, mm. that there's nobody that's happy for you. It, equally, it is just as draining and um, very disheartening when you are sad and vulnerable and hurting and nobody sees it. Mm. So I think it's so important that um, you <laughs> you can do both. And I, th- I think that's for men and women, uh, no matter where you are, um, that you learn to like celebrate and then support um, in both good and and uh, not so great times because life is real. <laughs> yeah. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I feel so, I feel like a fortune cookie today. I just got out of boot camp and it was, it's a group. (laughs) That's all I got to say. It is, it is a group. And um, as always, you know, day one is, is usually tough, but full of a lot of breakthroughs. And sometimes there are some truths that are revealed that are, hard to take in, but Mm -hmm. they, they teach me a lot about the people around me and myself. And so I'm always grateful to be part of the camp. And I love the models, by the way, like the models that I get to work with at Lynn's bootcamp. And by the way, Lynn is so awesome. (laughs) (laughs) She's just such an amazing dating coach. Like she just, she sees everybody and she sees everything. Like she really goes in on each student and their different quirks and like she she appreciates them for what they're they are she's not trying to turn um like a leaf into a stone she's trying to make the leaf shine as a leaf and Mm -hmm. make the stone shine as a stone so um it's so awesome to see her really appreciate different types of men Mm. That to me, that alone empowers them, but then everything else that she does with it to support their journey and how they change so quickly. I'm always fascinated. I've done like so many of these things. And every time I go, I'm just like, how do you do this? Like, <laughs> You witch. <laughs> yeah. No, she's, uh, she's, she's very good at entering the conversation from like a very calm way and like that's like my weak point is like i'm very tough love and sometimes i just can't take your bullshit um she's very patient with them like it's like i remember doing a virtual boot camp with her a couple of weeks ago and she she delivered a piece of advice that i was about to deliver but the way she delivered it was like she made it sound like it was his idea like she, she like she just had a way of like make like taking away any of the pressure, right? And that's something that I like as a coach need to tap into more is like how to get them to, you know, nudge, <laughs> how to nudge them in the right direction, right? And like not, not putting so much pressure on them. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I also love that um, she allows the models and the students to authentically speak. Like I've never felt mm-hmm. muzzled with her in all of the the camps that I've done. I've never felt like I've had to um, control what I say because of her. Maybe I didn't say something because of you know my own feelings, but I've never felt like, oh no, if I say this, she's going to be upset. I've always felt free mm-hmm. in that in those rooms and um it's her work is just phenomenal i hope the world one day gets to to see what we what we get to see (laughs) i i see it coming i I highly doubt that that's not gonna like that's gonna happen for sure um yeah you guys whoever's listening should follow her on tiktok i think it's lynn's laws yeah lynn's laws lynn laws yeah yeah, she's, um, she's amazing. Her advice is, is straight to the point. And she, she knows how to add the, um, the empathy and the emotional intelligence of a woman while giving you logic and directness, um, that men really like and need in order to progress. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> so beautiful. Oh my gosh. Yeah. There's so much going on out there. Um, there was a video I came across. I'm not going to play it because I'm using my phone as a webcam. But um, so, you know, I don't know if you've been updated about what's been happening with the Love is Blind cast and crew. So it came out that SK was cheating on Raven. But um, basically, he clarified and said, hey, when we when after the show initially ended, we we actually left a single people who eventually fell back in love. Like we didn't, we didn't go out like together. So, but anyways, um, there were women who were like, yeah, I went on a date with SK and um, they had like videos of them, you know, like him on a boat or whatever. And, um, and they sound, they sounded bitter because he was back with Raven. But anyways, this ended up, breaking the two of them up so they're they've gone their separate ways but i came Hmm. across a video um that i think we've we've talked about not necessarily with raven and sk but we have talked about this topic in particular so um there was a it's a it's another podcast i don't remember the name of it i'm so sorry but the the man was explaining that he felt uncomfortable with raven with Raven's desires to be with the man that was going to provide for her the lifestyle that she wanted. This woman podcaster, thank heaven for her, wish I could remember her name. She explained to him that, hey, you want basically a bad bitch. You want like somebody who dresses like that, who has a body like that, who, you know, basically takes care of herself, has a certain level of market value that's who you want to be associated with. Um, and th- those things, like, I don't want to say they just cost money, but basically she was explaining it as, okay, you want her to be exclusively yours, even though she's used to the attention of many. Um, and in order for her to give up the attention of many, you need to present something that's valuable to her. Yeah. Um, right. The Okay, so my approach when it comes to my like interactions, I focus on emotional range, right? Uh, and 
I do that by tapping into honesty and just expressing my thoughts a hundred percent because I'm not going to agree with everything you say. It's going to go up and down and it's going to spike emotions. And why, why I focus on that is because I know that girls get attention constantly and that guys are staring at them and, you know, they have maybe a more stimulating life than most men. So throughout their day, they're having like spikes of emotions. And if I don't stand out in her day, She's not going to remember me. She's not going to text me back. It doesn't matter how nice I am or, or how direct I am or anything. It needs to stand out from the rest of her day for her to remember me. Oh, it, definitely. For it to be emotionally relevant. Um, that being said, I I also don't. I mean, I agree. I agree with what you're saying. Where you know, when a girl has that much value, it's going to take a lot for her to to commit to someone. Mm-hmm. Um. But that value can look different to every every woman. Like I, I tell guys like status, what do you think status is? And most guys will be like money, uh, like what car you drive, like how, your assets, accomplishments, et cetera. But to me, like I used to think that way. But now for me, status is, are you cool? It's as simple as, are you cool? And you being cool depends on the girl, right? Like if I'm... If the girl's like going to university and she's working hard and hustling, is she going to be attracted to the DJ or drug dealer or is she going to be attracted to the lawyer and doctor? You know, she's going to be mostly attracted to the lawyers and doctors, guys who bring value to what she's trying to accomplish. Right. Versus if the girl is, you know, a girl who just likes raving, partying, uh, smoking weed, this, this or that, she's probably going to be attracted to more of the DJ, the drug dealer. Uh, the skateboarder, whatever it is, because that person is going the same direction, adds that value that she's looking for into her life. Um, so I don't want to make guys think that like, oh, every girl, like if I wanted to get a girl like Raven, I got to make money. It's more like, I, I do think that beautiful women tend to go that direction more often, but uh, there are beautiful women that are into all kinds of guys, just like how there are men into all kinds of women. Yeah, for me personally, um, I obviously monetary value is is a thing. You should have a job. You should be stable or whatever. But what a guy can bring to me, um, value wise, emotionally has is very appealing. Um, like when you were visiting, one of the things that just really stood out to me was how in tune we were with each other. Like you could feel me, I could feel you. It felt like we were really receptive towards each other. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. Um, and something that I really value. Um, in, in, so for me, and I think you're like, you're saying like, it's something I'm going for as a person is like, I just, I love building real authentic relationships. I think they're beautiful. I want to have, um, like my own, village of you know like love and community and you know how that looks mm-hmm. to me so um i think you're right it does depend on the woman um especially depending on like the value that she she finds valuable with raven it's going to be like hey i'm this high status beautiful woman i want to stay this way i like being you know a trophy wife you know i hate to use that term but you know mm-hmm. it's appropriate in this in this way um, so that's appealing. 
uh, a man of certain status with money is going to be very appealing to her. Money is not always, is not a bad thing. <laughs> uh, and while it's appealing um, on its own, it's not like there have been, um, there have been dates that I've been on uh, where the man definitely has like money, a lot of it. I can tell, you know, like he is showing it off and I am bored out of my mind. I cannot wait to leave. Uh, you know, like it's, it's not for me. I cannot sit there and be a trophy. I need actual rapport and, mm -hmm. and back and forth with the person. So I think it's really important that any man really find what, what is valuable about them and really like, just show that like, Hey, I've got all of this. Um, like my dad, he's obviously super knowledgeable about art and uh, he's very emotional and very emotionally intelligent mm -hmm. and so he and he draws a crowd like he, he gets attention he um really likes interacting with people he's all about agape and community and like mm -hmm. and so that's where you know women love that <laughs> they just... where where does a man create his value that's like something that i've been thinking about because when i look at my life, the things that have helped me create value are my pain points, right? And me going after my pain points or or prioritizing um, taking care of myself has led me to finding my value, Yeah. right? Which is, it's kind of like hippy dippy to think about. <laughs> it's, but, it is, it's hippy dippy, uh, but it's also, you know, because I feel uh, similar, like, um, because I've gone through a lot of trauma and I've dealt with a lot of things in my life, me taking care of myself has also uh, allowed me to give that poignant uh, model work that you guys love so much because I had to go through things in order to feel and see those things that, you know, without that yeah. trauma, I wouldn't be able to to zone in on the men like I do. So, um, yeah, it's, that, that's where you create your value is once you start becoming more self-aware. Yeah. Did you by any chance watch that uh, movie by Jonah Hill, Stutz? Not yet. Okay. Okay. Um, I would have, but I went to Bachata last night. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I was supposed to go to Bachata, but I wasn't feeling too well, so I had to cancel. I understand. Um, um, there was one part where there was like a tool that he was presenting, the therapist, and um it was basically to talk to your shadow. And I, I love shadow work. I've been doing it for a long time, but the way he, he prompted it made you look at like the most insecure part of yourself and like the time. And it brought me back to like when I lived in Kuwait and I was being getting beat up by, by boys and I was getting made fun of and ridiculed and embarrassed by women. Um, and when I moved to Canada, the women just ignored and the men were abusing me like the women did in, in Kuwait, which I found interesting. But when I was looking at myself, I started having a conversation with that kid. And it was a mixture of, I'm so proud of you, but I know you don't respect me and I wish you could just look at me. 
Yeah. And I I realized that a lot of my clients remind me of that part of me. And that I just cut, I just cut it. I'm like, when I, whenever I see that kind of behavior, I'm like, stop it. <laughs> I'm like, just stop. I don't want to fucking hear it. Like, right. just, just get to this paradigm. Just come up, like, stop. Um, and it's, 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 uh, it makes me a bad teacher. Like when I don't accept that part of me and I'm, I, and I don't want to be one of those teachers that thinks he's a fucking great teacher just because he's a teacher. I think most teachers think they're amazing. Um, I need to acknowledge that I'm not the best and that there's things I need to work on so I can keep getting better. But, um, yeah, I just, I, I, I noticed that I'm very harsh with a lot of clients and I, and I want to be more empathetic. And this is like the thing that I need to look at. Like I need to foster this relationship with that part of me that was um, getting bullied and that wasn't respected, that was being ridiculed and, you know, not appreciated. Um, you know, I, I Mike to... Tyson, um, he talked about his relationship with his son and how like he had the uh, visceral um, instinct to like beat the parts that he didn't like about himself out of his son. Do you feel like that's how you are with the client? Like you see that part of yourself in them and you're like, I got to beat it out of them because that's what you wish you could have done to yourself. You wish you could have beat yourself into who you are now. Yeah, because because I've caught on to certain truths or I've I've shifted my beliefs so that they are my truths um, and I just want them to get there. Um, and I want to spend my coaching with them getting them there um and it's hard for me to <laughs> it's hard for me to get them to accept that part of themselves because maybe i haven't accepted that part of myself right mm-hmm. yeah um yeah Man, you are really vulnerable right now like i've seen you vulnerable but i don't think i've ever seen you this raw before like you're you're really oof. <laughs> the layers are coming off they're getting deeper i mean i've had a i've had a very tough couple of weeks but again i find that um those are the moments where i grow the most right it's funny i like um i was in the kitchen having a pity party this was like maybe a week ago i feel like i mentioned this to you but uh i was having a pity party and then at one point i heard my inner child being like what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> He's like, I didn't get you this far so you can fucking give up. Get up. Uh, and, I, and I just started fucking laughing so hard. Um, and I was like, you're right. You're right. And I kind of just like picked myself up and started, you know, making my breakfast. But, oh. uh, <laughs> yeah, it was just, it was just funny. But um, yeah, I want to, I want to be more patient with my clients and I want to be able to like listen to them, but it's really hard because, you know, I'm, I do usually about like 15, 20 calls a day mm-hmm. and they're right after each other. So for me, like there are some clients that definitely get me in, the, in those States. Um, at least I, I get there at least like once a day, I'd say, mm-hmm. but to carry that emotion to the next call and the next call and the next call, it's, it's very difficult. So I have gotten on calls where, I've 
collected so much garbage that by the time I'm on that call, like I'm like fucking like fried. I'm fried. And I there's somebody I want to ask you about so badly, but I know that I can't because I don't want to mention their <laughs> name, but we'll talk about it afterwards because I'm like, I know you probably work with them and I'm so 100% sure that you have gotten into <laughs> I love what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. You, yeah, you probably, maybe you haven't met him. He's brand new, but like. Oh, I've met everyone. You've met everyone? I meet every single client you meet. Oh, okay. So then you know who I'm talking about. And he, I mean, you will know who I'm talking about, but man, uh, I can already imagine that you have gone after him. So <laughs> poor guy, but he's I, new. He's new. Yeah. So be patient with him. Be patient with him. <laughs> I'm trying to be, I'm, I'm actually, I feel like this week I've, I've gone a lot more patient. Um, just like having that awareness, I guess. Um, it's going to take time though. I don't, I can't expect myself to just like shift in one day. I feel like patience is just allowing yourself to fully accept the person that's in front of you and then accept your own thoughts about them. Like you're just absorbing what's going on. Um, but that's, but that's thing. Just... no, but you're, you're right. But the thing is, because I haven't accepted that part of myself, I'm projecting mm-hmm. and I need to get to my, I need to get to a point where instead of projecting and having an emotional reaction, I'm observing and there's no emotional reaction. I'm just observing. And any, any emotion that comes up, it's like easily processed. Um, yeah, I always, I always think to myself nowadays, like last year or so, if I'm having an emotional reaction, I'm probably projecting. So chill the fuck out and deal with it later. <laughs> like that's so. I'm I'm curious now because um I've had to go through similar things where I I learned to accept myself because I used to get be really hard on my teenage self, and then I had to really look at what I was going through as a teenager and like look at the life circumstances and and go nobody like I don't know anybody who went through that kind of stuff and of course you know you didn't get to develop socially the way you wanted to because you were being an additional parent, you know, like you, it's, it's going to be different. So, um, I, I had to learn to like appreciate that person and, and tell them like, Hey, you did the best that you could. And look at what we made out of it. We made, we made lemon custard, not just lemonade, but you know, like we went on to, to do much better things. Um, especially given time and desire. So, with you in particular and not accepting of that, of that person, do you think that you could talk to that person um, that you once were and like see him and understand the circumstances and, you know, empathize with him and what he was going through? Yeah. Um, I think I've already started that journey like very recently. So I'm not too far in that journey, but like, I, I definitely started that. Um, it's, I mean, I, when I look at that child, I'm proud of him because, you know, the way I think about it is like, you're innocent and you don't like, you're dealing with it to survive. Like, you don't know what the fuck you're doing half the time. No one knows what they're doing and you're just trying to survive and you're doing the best you can. And as I got older, I learned how to survive and thrive better. Right. So 
if it wasn't for those experiences, I wouldn't, I, I legitimately would not be here mm-hmm. um, doing this podcast. Um, but what? yeah, it's, it's hard, podcast? but it's hard to, it's hard because I've moved past it and I've gone to different paradigms and now I have to like empathize with that paradigm and it's, it's very difficult. Um, but yeah, I don't, I, when I look at that kid though, he didn't do anything wrong. It was just more like, I hated the circumstance mm-hmm. and I hated that he was weak and victimizing himself. Right. Right. But yeah, I mean, the moment he learned how to not be a victim, he kind of jumped at it. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So I think there is a lot to be proud of with that person. Cause that person eventually turned into you. Yeah. You know, there's that, that movie, is it called the kid? The first kid? No, the kid. It's with uh, Bruce Willis where he goes into his past and like there, there's a, the, the, his inner child that's basically that. visiting him. You never saw it. I saw the one with like Ryan Reynolds recently, mm-hmm. like maybe like a few months ago. And he, he's like from the future and he comes to the past and is dealing with his, his child self. And it's, it's fucking hilarious, but I cried my eyes out watching that movie. It like, okay, tapped into it. like, father son relationships and inner child work it's like and it was so like um like it like it it like did that without you realizing like it was very sneaky about it um but i I really enjoyed that movie i actually should watch it again yeah yeah it's it's interesting to me that um (laughs) Dealing with your inner child is just one of those things we all have to do in order to get to the new levels of like love and self-love within ourselves because we have so much, um, you don't even realize, like kind of, I don't want to say self-hate, but I'm going to say self-deprecation. We have so much self-deprecation when it comes to our inner children. Like we, we are mad at ourselves for not being perfect children, even though the whole point to being children is to learn and grow and to understand life so that you're prepared as an adult. And um, I could not laugh at myself harder for how hard I was on my like inner child, especially in my early twenties, like in my early twenties, I was just like so hard on myself for, you know, not being the smartest or not being, uh, the, the most ladylike, you know, like I used to get Mm -hmm. chastised a lot because, you know, I was kind of a tomboy and, you know, (laughs) I want to go climb trees or whatever, which is perfectly, please let your daughter climb trees please (laughs) that's how I got these arms (laughs) (laughs) so but it it also made me super kinesthetic you know like I think about all the times that I was like yelled at for not being ladylike but like I taught myself all these like different tricks on the monkey bars I taught myself how to do all these different flips and I learned how to use my body and because of that I stay with my body and like my the I know when it needs to be worked out. I know when it needs to eat. Like I 
feel very in tune with myself physically. And mm. so it once I believe once you get there, once you accept that person that, you know, was going through what you were going through, you're going to just find so many uh, benefits to like who that person actually was and how they survived this and the mental games you probably had to play with yourself to keep going on the day-to-day basis. I mean, that person became clever and smart and thought differently and didn't just muscle their way through things, you know? So mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to see how you come out on the other side of the fence. I know for me personally, like I'm, I'm going through, um, uh, separation from my husband and um, it's it's hard because we've known for a while but we haven't talked about it publicly yet and we wanted to like really work things out um, and then also he's just a very very private person and um, so I, I obviously want to respect that and there there's that part of me, of course, now uh, in my mid thirties, like looking back at when I met him in my early twenties, he's been uh, the majority, he's been all of my adult life. Like basically he's been all of my adult life and um, he's been there the whole time. And so thinking about that separation is a little anxiety inducing, but anxiety is not a bad thing. (laughs) It just means that you care and that you want it to go well and that there's danger. There's, there's possible danger coming up. So I have to be vigilant and uh, alert for those, those pitfalls. But then also that, um, you know, I look back at the early 20 person, year old person who, and I was like, Oh, how did I make this decision? And did I choose wrong? And it wasn't that I chose wrong. I had certain priorities and that's who I was at the time. And Mm -hmm. like learning to accept that it wasn't a mistake to be with him. He's a wonderful person. I say that even now. And I think he'll always be a part of my life in a positive way because he's just a really good person. Um, But it's more so that that's, at that point, we needed each other. You know, that was what we need in each other. And I think oftentimes when couples break up and split, um, we're all offended. Like the, you know, the, the, especially if they look good on paper, you know, especially if they communicate well and seem to get along, we are like, what happened? Um, without really realizing that relationships are complicated and intricate. And they they really involve a lot of vulnerability. And at any point, one person could be growing in a completely different direction. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's little that you can do about it unless you're both on the same page. And so, you know, that's ultimately the reason is like we just couldn't get on the same page about where we wanted to the direction we wanted to go in to. So it's been, it's been, it's been a thing. (laughs) So I'm also working through, I've had, you know, some troubling couple of weeks, but just in a different way. So (laughs) we're just going through. (laughs) I mean, I'm excited for us. Yes. Yeah. 
I'm I sorry think. I ruined the podcast though. <laughs> How? <laughs> no, because you know, he was kind of becoming a character back when we first started filming and you know, I really wanted to make it work and um it's kind of my brand to be like this loyal person in a lot of ways, but I I had to I had to like let go and start really looking at what I needed mm -hmm. in order to move forward in life, you know, like in order to fill get to to find fulfillment. Yeah. And um and it's a hard decision to make because literally he's my best friend. <sighs> yeah. Sacrifices, that's the word that keeps coming up for me. Right. But I am excited for us. I I see a very positive future. Um I see a very um just a lot of things because you've been such a, a blessing in so many ways. Like you um, are probably one of the first men that I've met to, to really try to see me um, on, on a friendship level and try to understand what I was going through. And you empathized and you gave advice and, you know, you tried to like, you didn't just like try to slap information and then, you know, told me to take it and then like put a bandaid on it. You were, you were there and I appreciate that. So I'm, I'm really excited about how we grow as friends and then how our podcast grows in our community and whatever we decide to do with this. And I'm excited for our, our community to grow a lot. Cause it seems like yeah. people are very excited for us and, they see potential. So that's really cool as well. So I'm looking forward to like <sighs> marrying the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to work with women. That's what I'm excited for. Me too. You know? Talk more about your desire to work with women. Cause I have so much to say. <laughs> um, for a long time, I felt like I've had good luck Chuck syndrome <laughs> and who to whoever hasn't watched good luck Chuck uh, the premise is he gets a curse where uh, when he sleeps with a woman, the next guy she dates, uh, they get married like immediately. So I found that a lot of times I date someone and I'm not ready to commit. Like I'm just not in that position, but I'm like, I'm still in a, I'm still healthy. Even, even if I don't want to commit, I, I express that in a very healthy way. And in a sense, I end up mentoring the women around me. And you've actually highlighted that to me that I mentor the women around me. And because you did it to me, <laughs> I did. And you, didn't, you is, weren't even, you didn't, you weren't even trying to like, you just were being yourself. And, you know, I, I was just open enough to receive what yeah. you had to say. And it was awesome. So, but continue. Part of me grew resentful that I was mentoring <laughs> that I, that I had that role with women. I don't know why I was resenting it. Um, but now like there's not as much fear that I don't know what I'm talking about. You know, um, there is a difference in what women need and what men need. Like women have abundance. They just need to learn how to sift through that shit <laughs> while men, they just need to learn how to, men need to find their value and like learn how to 
achieve abundance physically and mentally yeah. both right um but yeah i i just i i find that just talking and and under understanding their situation um i surprise myself with the information that i have that Same. i that i share with women but I don't know, i'm still growing in that direction i i'm still i'm excited to to learn more and when i'm ready i'm definitely going to be coaching all the humans <laughs> i'll be right alongside you um i think in the future um because i i'm noticing what people are really liking uh that's random of ours they do like when we talk about either characters in shows or reality series or something so they like when we analyze things people that exist that are in, in the public so i think we should do that more especially like we can do both men and women obviously but you know just yeah. depending on the the week or whatever so um if you guys and i do mean our viewers if you guys like have suggestions for shows you want us to watch um whether it be love is blind or married at first sight or couples therapy which <laughs> i like couples therapy that show is so real <laughs> i love that show that was such a good show Oh, so oh good. God. I was getting therapy while I was watching it. That's why you got to watch yeah. Stutz. Stutz is very similar in feeling. Um, yeah. But it's instead of seeing people's bullshit, you're, you're more seeing the tools to mm. take action on. Um, yeah, couples therapy triggered me to go back to therapy. That's how good yeah. couples. I was like, okay, let me go ahead and find a therapist. Um, but uh, there was, oh, White Lotus. I wish you could, do you have HBO or whatever White Lotus comes on? And I have Crave here and I think there's HBO through that, but I can, I can find it. I'll see if I can find it. Um, if you can watch that show, I would love to do an analysis of all the characters on that show because it's, it's not too far from reality. Well, what we, sh if we are going to do that, what we, what we should do is find clips from these shows that we want to analyze or review and actually play it while we're talking and, and oh, of course. like yeah. watch it and then uh, talk about it. I, I've done actually that with Lynn. I don't know if you've seen uh, <laughs> our videos for like Tam from the attractive man. I have, I've, 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 I watched a couple of different episodes. I didn't see any of that though. We did one on like 90 day fiance. Oh God. Yeah. I'm <laughs> not, I'm not a huge. Fan. I'm not a huge fan <laughs> of that show. It's, it it feels so cringe to me. It is though. So um I I'll watch it if people are highly into it, but like I would seriously love to hear your insights on uh White Lotus because I am <laughs> going nuts over it. But yeah. Sure. But uh yeah, I think we can end there. We you know, this is this is kind of a vulnerable <laughs> <laughs> I think that's gonna be <laughs> like we're all sad. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a like, sad couple of weeks. I mean, like it's not even just me. I've noticed a lot of people have been having a tough couple of weeks. I don't know where Mars is, but <laughs> <laughs> I know I should check. Yeah, we gotta check and see where Mars is. But I mean, it's just life, and I think that's um that's just going to be what we are. We're always going to show up authentically, you know, on this, yeah. the show, like uh, you guys, 
I love our chemistry. I love that we have good energy, but we're still going to be humans. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because like sometimes I, I listen back to certain episodes and depending on my mood, I can listen to certain episodes and I can't listen to certain episodes. Like there's oh, one that we just released and uh, I listened to like the first like 30 seconds and it was just me talking about like my dating life or something. And I was like, I don't want to fucking hear this because it was like my dating life a couple weeks ago. It's not, it's completely different. Um, that was months ago. What are you talking about weeks ago? That yeah, was months ago. Was. I would love to post this one ASAP. Yeah, I I want to, that's actually my goal for 2023 is to film an episode and then get it out the next day, get it out within 12 hours. So um, yeah, we're on the same page with that. I just w- really wanted to make sure that this was something we were both committed to, you know, and oh, yeah. we could see that other people liked it. And, you know, it was an experiment. And obviously I think the experiment's going pretty well. <laughs> it is. It's funny because I didn't, I didn't really care how people were going to react to it. I was actually expecting a lot of my friend groups to shun me for it. I don't know why there's that fear. Um, but I, for me, it was like, I'm bought in. I'm doing this. I don't care. There's a, do you know Tyler, the creator? Yeah. There, there was something that he said where it was like, if like put your shit out there, like if, like if it's something that matters to you, then just put it out there. Who gives a fuck? Um, I'm butchering the shit out of what he said, but he said something cool about putting your shit out there. So hashtag do it. Hashtag Nike. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you're willing to just put it out there. Cause that means a lot. Like it keeps me motivated and excited. Um, yeah. And I think we have a lot more in here um, as a team to, to bring to the world. There's like, there's so much, to like this is so much it goes so much further than dating mm-hmm. like what we talk about I called it I think I told you it was like guilty righteousness we go into that a bit more so like you feel like you're having a taboo conversation like celebrity gossip or whatever but you actually come away with something that's good for you mm-hmm. so <laughs> it feels guilty but it's actually good for you it's like you know, like a healthy candy bar. Oh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I think there's a lot in here for us. And I hope that you guys feel the same way. And um, I don't know, feel free to email us at it's the approach at gmail.com. If you have any questions about dating or relationships or anything, we're happy to uh, we, we want to hear what you have to say. We want your feedback. Um, we want to make this about this community so yeah it's awesome but other than that you guys are amazing thank you so much for supporting this we will see you next week (laughs) i'm gonna get this episode up as soon as possible amazing all right love you guys bye